entrance like that, right? We've been having fun. And I'll tell you, man, I miss you guys. I've been gone for three weeks. Been out at Waterville. It's amazing what God is doing. Um, and we're just super excited that God is giving us the opportunity to now have influence over, over areas of Northwest Ohio. And, you know, uh, when I look back 20 years ago when I said yes to God, I never in a, in a thousand years would have expected, first off, to be pastoring a church. Secondly, for God uh, to, to, you know, allow Joy and I to oversee uh, two campuses and then whatever else God wants to do. So, you know, I just want to tell you this. When you say yes to God, it is a fun adventure. It really is. It is an, it is an exciting journey. And, and you don't know what's going to happen. You just say yes to him and people find themselves across the sea. Some people find themselves doing some things they never would have thought doing, like public speaking. I used to absolutely hate talking in front of people. I mean, I used to throw up before talking in front of people. I mean, you can never tell because this is a 20-year work. But I literally, when I first, like the first time I ever preached in front of people, I, I threw up before because I was just so, I was so shaken. And who, who in here has a hard time talking in front of people? Like you just don't like doing it. Okay, well, just don't tell God you don't want to do that because you might find yourself doing it. Just like I said, oh, yeah, I'll never drive a minivan. I guess what's parked out in the parking lot. So, so, so just be careful what you say I, I'm never going to do because you might just find in yourself being that. So anyways, we're on this sermon series called Underdog. And so we're going to continue on. We talked a little bit about David. We talked about Moses. We talked about Jesus. And so we're going into the New Testament, and we're going to talk about the 12 apostles. So if you have a smartphone or a tablet, we do have a live event, so you can follow right along on your smart device. Yeah, we're giving you uh, permission to use your phone. And, and as long as you're not Facebooking or, or Clash of Clanning or Bejeweling, we're cool, we're cool with that. But it's just a small tool for you to use. You can take along, follow right along. You can add your own notes. So there's some instructions on the screen on how to do that. And as you're, as you're pulling that up, um, you also can follow right along on our screens. And so it's all good on every aspect. So we're talking about underdog. And so what does underdog mean? If you look up the definition of the word underdog, this is what it means. It means competitor thought to have little chance of winning a fight or a contest. And so we are the type of people that love underdog stories, right? Okay, nobody loves underdog stories. Okay, I'm going to give you a few examples. One of my favorite examples of, of an underdog story is Rocky, the movie Rocky. I absolutely, is one of my favorites, people pay good money to go to the movies to see somebody that has little or no chance of survival or winning. And at the end, they end up becoming the victor. Well, then that's the whole saga of Rocky. The very first Rocky, he's getting his, uh, he um, is the street fighter. He has the chance of, of facing Apollo Creed, who is the champion. He gets his butt whooped. Apollo whoops him. That's the first movie. The second movie, Apollo took such a whooping on him. He was like, I want to fight this guy again. That's kind of crazy. What happens in the second movie? Anybody know what happens? He beats him. He, he wins. He, he, he becomes the champion, so this nobody, this underdog, becomes the champion. And then, you know, Rocky three, Rocky four, and then five, and all the rest of them. And so, but it's an underdog story. One of my favorites. Second favorite. Oh, man, I, man, growing up as a kid, I used to love the Karate Kid. Boy, what you know about this? If you were a, if you were a child in the 80s, everybody in, in the 80s as a child was doing the crane kick on their little brother and sister. I mean, it's just, I mean, I mean, it was, I mean, it's the kick heard across the world. 
Everybody, I mean, this, you have this, this scrawny little kid. He moves to a whole other state. He's getting beat up and picked on by, by these gang of, of kids. He meets one of our favorite people, Mr. Miyagi, teaches him how to, how to defend himself, goes to, to a, a, a tournament, untrained in a tournament, other than what Mr. Miyagi's teaching him. And then he, what? He not only goes into the tournament and shows up a little bit, he ends up winning the tournament. It's an underdog story. And we love paying money to see underdog movies. I mean, think about some of your favorite movies. They're probably an underdog story. Well, do you also know that the, that the Bible is, con, is filled with underdogs? Do you know just about every person in the Bible that God ever used in a very powerful way was an underdog? God didn't pick the, the most elite, the best looking. He didn't choose the strongest, the wisest, okay, the, the best of the, uh, of, of the pick. Usually when God scrolled through, he always picked somebody that would, it would seem like almost impossible that they would win. Like David, like Gideon, like what we talk about, Moses. And so, so, in the, so we're going to talk a little bit about the, the, the 12 apostles. And so in the early church, when Jesus went and he handpicked, he didn't go to the elite. He didn't go to the synagogues and get those that were schooled for 40 years in the Torah and in the law. He didn't go and, and get, and get the, the business owners and the people that had money and the centurion soldiers. No, where did he go? He went and he got people that were ordinary. Say ordinary. ordinary. He picked people that were just like you and me, just ordinary folks, just ordinary people. He picked ordinary people, and these were people that were fishermen, they were tax collectors, they were, they were zealots, and if you don't know what a zealot is, back in the, back in the early uh, church, a person that was against the Roman rule, was called a zealot. And so usually they would even, I mean, they would even do different things, like they would try to overthrow the Roman. But you're not overthrowing Rome. I mean, Rome, uh, well, I mean, they were so powerful. I mean, they, they're one of the longest lasting dynasties uh, in history. And so uh, you, you just not, you're not going up against Rome. But you had these people that had this, you had the zealots that were apart, tax collectors, fishermen. You even had one physician, his name was Luke. Okay, now we're not talking about the type of physician nowadays that makes six figures or because they're a specialty. Back in that day, if you, were, if you were a doctor, you were a common person. There would be no difference between a person that's a doctor than a person that was a carpenter or a person, like, like nowadays, what would be common? Um, just a common job. Name a common job. Factory worker. So there's no difference. They're just a common person. Nowadays, if you have a doctor, this person went to school. You know, they're, 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 they're continuing to be trained. I mean, they're making good money. I mean, it's a, it's a whole different ballgame. So he had all of these ordinary people that were found, found that were that he handpicked. Say handpicked, handpicked ordinary people. Those were some of their professions. Well, let's look at just a few of their traits. Some of the things that the scripture talks about in their traits. Well, you have one guy that was a big mouth. Uh oh, we got any big mouths in here? Raise your hand if you're a big mouth. Okay, you qualify. You can be used of God. You qualify. <laughs> got a big mouth. That's all he needs. All he needs is a mouth, and it's big. You qualify. He was a big mouth. Uh, you, have, you have some people that were, uh, you have a person that was a traitor. Judas Iscariot, right? We know he was a traitor. We have a, we have a person that was a doubter. This guy didn't have, his faith was low. You have two people that were hotheads. These guys just had anger problems. I mean, there, there's a time when, when, when two of the disciples, they asked Jesus, they said, hey, can we just call down, a li- call down fire like Elijah and burn up this whole town? <laughs> these, are, these, are the, these are the cream of the crop that Jesus picked out. I mean, this isn't the, God bless you, I'm going to pray for you, and you're suffering. They're like, no, man, we're going to cut on fire on these people. <laughs> to me, I mean, there was a, just a bunch of ruffians. Say ordinary. ordinary. 
So this is what's so cool about people that were ordinary. Look at your Bible. If you got your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It's also going to be on the screen. Or if you got a smartphone or tablet, just scroll on up. Acts chapter 4, we got to read this verse. This is what it says. This is awesome. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, remember? That they were unschooled. Say unschooled. unschooled. What does unschooled mean? Uneducated. You didn't get your education. Unschooled, ordinary, we got to underline. Say ordinary. ordinary. They were just regular people. When, he, when they had recognized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. Say astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Friends, there's a difference between an ordinary person that hasn't been with Jesus and an ordinary person that has been with Jesus. God wants people who are ordinary so he can get the glory when he flows through them in a way that's extraordinary. God likes picking ordinary because he gets the glory. Now, if he picks somebody that already had talents and abilities and gifted in that area, well, then they could say, well, they're already talented. That's how they could do that. Like, you know, I don't know, like, think of somebody that's a, that's a leader, you know. Uh, maybe, maybe they're gifted as leadership. You know, maybe like well, one of the presidents. Presidents, I mean, they are top-notch leaders. You take, a, you take the president of the United States and you go have them start a Chick-fil-A. Is that going to be successful? Absolutely. He ran this whole, he, he ran the whole, the whole country. Can he run a little business? Yeah, he can. His gift of leadership absolutely qualifies him to do that job. Now, you take a person off the street, they go to, they do some little, you know, a little college at night, get a little bit of, a little bit of um, leadership training, and then they run a Chick-fil-A and they're successful. That's extraordinary. Why? They were unqualified, unschooled. See, that's what God likes to do. He likes to take the, the unlikelies, the people that, that they don't have all of the stuff together and use them in a, in a powerful way. Friends, God doesn't need our ability. He doesn't need your giftings. He needs your availability. Most likely, if you're in here and, and you start following the Lord, you know what God usually does with your ability and your gifts? Because those are good. I mean, God, I mean, if you're creative, God wants to use those things. If you can sing, God wants to use those things. If you have uh, talent, you know, you can paint, you can, you, you're a carpenter, you got some skills. Yeah, man, those can be used in the kingdom. But a lot of times, when you start saying yes to God, God will shelf those for a while. Because we can sometimes get full of ourselves. Look at your neighbor and say, are you full of yourself today? <laughs> Hopefully the answer is no. Are you full of yourself? God doesn't need our ability. He needs our availability. Isaiah, it's the Isaiah chapter 6 call. See, in Isaiah chapter 6, God is looking. And he says, who will go and who shall I send? Who will go for us? Whom shall I send? And Isaiah answers the call in this vision that he's had. He says, he didn't look around and say, oh, Lord, send my brother. Oh, Lord, send my mama. Oh, Lord, send them. They're better. No. Isaiah said, Lord, here am I. Send me. And he has one, he has one of the most powerful stories. I mean, he has a whole book, the book of Isaiah. I mean, incredible but all he did was say here am i send me and then you get the fruit of what that happens friends that's all you got to do is when you just say yes to god if you say yes to god you will find god do so such awesome and incredible things in your life 
It will blow your mind. It says, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to his power that's at work within you. Meaning he's going to blow your mind. He's going to blow your mind. Acts chapter 4. I want to read a little bit about Peter here. Acts chapter 4, verse 8 through 12. Now, I, I just got to give you a little background on Peter. Peter is the guy, remember I said big mouth? Dude had a big mouth. Okay. Peter's the one, if you've ever seen like the Passion of the Christ or if you've watched any kind of movies about the story of Jesus, he's the one that denied Jesus three times, okay? This is Peter, the, the one that denied Jesus, the one that said, I will die for you, and then when the fire came, he ran. Here's Peter. Let's find out what's going on in Acts chapter 4. Here, we're going to read a few verses. Verse 8, it said, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today... For an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and being asked how was he healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, I mean, this guy's preaching, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. The stone, Jesus said, is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given by mankind which men can be saved. This is the, this is the denier. This is the big mouth. This is the one that sticks his foot in his mouth and said, no, Jesus, you're not, uh, that, let that never happen to you when he's telling him that he has to go to the cross and he says, get away from me, Satan. Calls him the devil. Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit and he, does, and he preaches with extraordinary power. What's the difference? What changes a man that's running uh, when asked if he's a follower of Christ, so now he's standing up preaching? What changes a man? Well, there's two things that change him. Number one, friends, all of the, all of the disciples, all, all of the apostles, they saw the resurrected Jesus. How is it that all, because if, you know if you know church history, everyone except for John gave their life for the gospel, except for Judas who hung himself, they all were persecuted and killed. They gave their life for the testimony of Jesus. What would cause men who would flee at his crucifixion come to a place where now they're going to give their own life? You're not going to give your life for a lie, friends. I don't know anybody who's going to give their life for a lie. You might give your life for your family. I mean, I mean, who in here wouldn't step in front of a bullet for their own children? Raise your hand. Every hand should be raised up right now. This is your opportunity to, to be a good parent or a good person. Raise your hand right now. There you go. Huh? No. I mean, there should be something inside of you that would want to lay down your life for your, for your family, right? I mean, I've seen, I've, I've seen, I've seen uh, there was one time where, where, where there was this lady, uh, this was back when we were uh, ch uh, youth pastors, and she was in the back seat, and, and, and so she got into an uh, accident, and that, and the, it caused the car to, 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 to like, like, like make the car do one of these numbers. She goes flying out of the car, has her baby in her hands, tucks her body down to protect her child as her body is hitting the ground. What is that? Protective instinct. There's something inside of you that is you're going to put yourself in harm's way over somebody you love, correct? Jesus said, there's no greater love than this that a man would lay down his life for his friends. So what would cause these men to want to give their life for the testimony of Jesus? Well, first, friends, they saw the resurrection of Christ. They saw him. The scripture says for, for, for 40 days, he went and he showed himself to all of these men. Showed himself to 500 people. 
And then secondly, and this is the clincher, secondly, Acts chapter 2, friends, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Friends, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will preach with boldness. You'll stand up for righteousness. What's righteousness? That means, that means standing up for what is right. Friends, you will confront evil and wickedness, and you will live victorious. Let me say that one more time. Friends, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will preach with boldness. You will stand up for righteousness. You will confront evil and wickedness, and you will live victorious. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what sets the captives free. People that are addicted. People that are strung out. Set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is the problem, friends. The problem is, is in, our, in our church today, we have too much ear tickling and not enough heart prickling. Paul even said it. He said in the, that there are going to be people that are going to preach so that it makes them feel good, gives them goosebumps. Friends, what, what, would it, what would it profit me if I preach and you get goosebumps but, we have, but you still go to hell? What would it profit me that, that if I made you feel good but your life is still a mess when you go home? What would it profit me that if, if, I, if I made you, gave you a little goosebump and a little tickle and made you uh, crack a few jokes and yet your family is still in disarray? What would, it, what would it profit me that if I tickled your ears and, our, and, our, and our, our city still goes down the tubes? Friends, we have too many ear tickling and not enough heart prickling. I'm going to say this. I'm going to just go ahead and do it. You know, we, we, uh, I've, I've, been, I've been a minister for almost 18 years now, and I've seen kind of a shift happen in, in the body of Christ where we... we have become more interested in people being comfortable than being convicted. Wow. Now, mind you, we want you to feel loved. You should, you should come and you should feel at home. You should come to church and you should feel welcome. You should feel accepted. We got some nice pews. But when you leave here, I don't want you to feel comfortable. I hope you leave here challenged to live for Christ. If I'm going to challenge myself, I'm going to challenge you. Because we all got growth. We all still got to grow. And it hurts my heart to see just, just the way that, that our world's going, the way that, you know, things are happening. I mean, it's just tough. But who will stand up for righteousness? Who will stand up against sin and wickedness? Who's doing that nowadays? You know what we do nowadays? We just turn the other cheek, or we turn our head, and we, don't, we act like we don't see what's going on. We, well, well, that's just them. There should be something inside of you that wants to stand up when you see, when you see injustice happen. That's a, that should be the follower of Christ inside of you. Because, because Jesus is righteousness and justice that are the foundations of his throne. And so justice should be inside your heart if you're a follower of Christ. And so if you see injustice, man, it should burn inside of you. Let me get off my, my little thing here. Get back on it. So friends, so, so we've got these misfits that made a major impact around the world. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 6, 
This is how they described these men, remember? The ordinary men. It said these men, okay, it says, but when they did not find him, they're looking for the apostles, they dragged out Jason and some brethren, so they found these believers in Christ, dragged them out to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come now here too. Friends, our faith should be shaking our society. If your faith, if, your, if, if what you believe in, if what you stand on isn't shaking, isn't, isn't um, impacting where you're at, then I would question my belief system, friends. Friends, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, because that's what he's called us, he's called us to be followers of Jesus, he says, come follow me. There's a lot of people that believe. Well, I believe in God. The scripture says, well, even the demons believe and shudder. But we're to follow him, meaning where he goes, we go. He told the disciples, he didn't say, come believe in me. No, he said, come follow me. Meaning that there is something inside of us where we have to get up off of our, ourself and follow him. And when he goes, we go in that direction. He's called us, if you are a follower of Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, which means Christ-like, if you're a believer in this place, then friends, then we're not supposed to fit into the culture, but we're supposed to influence it. That's what's happening here. They were influencing the culture. It said that they were turning the world upside down. We're called to influence our culture, friends. We're called to influence our families. Your job should be a better place because you're there and, you're, and you bring Christ in that place. Hold on, some of y'all didn't get that. The place where you work should be blessed because you're there. Because you bring Christ into that place. That's biblical. Joseph, it, wherever Joseph was, the Lord was with him, and he brought prosperity to wherever he was at. Pastor Earl brings prosperity to his job. Lord knows what's going to happen when he goes into full-time ministry. <laughs> But the place that you, you should be bringing, you should be influencing, and you know what? And if you have stuff that's coming against you, that's good. Because that means you're rattling the cage. That means you're shaking up the norm. If you, if you are in here and you work at Chrysler, Chrysler should become, start becoming more different because you work there. If you work at Ford, Ford should become, start becoming a little bit different because you work there. If you work at McDonald's across the street, that place should be, be working a lot faster because you work there. A whole lot Man. Dude, my, my son one time, we went there, and we're waiting. And so, I mean, I, I, mean, I am so used to the, to the number one spot and the number two spot when you go through the driveway. And so we were sitting there. My son, my son he's 13. He's, fun, he's funny, man. He said... We're sitting there. We're probably sitting there for like 10 minutes. He's like, Dad. He's like, man, this place is so slow. He's like, they need to fire everyone and hire sloths because they'll be faster. I said, you're just, I said, bro, you're so stupid. Man, it's so funny. Anyways, we love McDonald's. We give them a lot of our money. So, But, but anyways, where you work should be affected because of what is inside of you. Come on, somebody needs to say amen. <laughs> Friends, do you know that, we, that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the scripture says that you are filled with resurrection power? Do you know what that is? Do you know what resurrection power is? 
Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. That's resurrection power. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Say, lives inside of me. Come on. Lives inside of you. And just as Christ raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to you, to your mortal bodies, by the same spirit that lives inside of you. So resurrection power lives inside of you. Resurrection power, when you say yes to Christ, when you are a follower of Christ, when, you're, when, you're a, when you start praying, you start reading the word, you, will, you start saying no to your flesh and yourself and your sinful nature, you start saying no to the things of the world, and you start saying yes to God, friends, you will begin to see resurrection power flowing out of you. Resurrection power that lives in you if you're living for Jesus. Friends, it will give you the power to stand firm in your faith. It will give you the power to shift and, sh- and change the culture of either your job or your family. It will give us the power to be an impact and make an influence here in South Toledo to change Ohio and our nation. Friends, what, what did the apostles do that made them so significant and so successful? Friends, all they did was love people. They served them. They prayed. They prayed for people. Their sick were healed. Okay? They preached for people to turn from their sins and turn to God. And then they end up sacrificing their lives for their faith. All they were doing was following the model of Jesus. That's what a Christian is. A person that follows the model of Christ. Amen. So what did Christ do? What, you know, well, well, what was said about him? Acts chapter 10, verse 30, 38. I think Paul says it the, the, the cleanest and the clearest very, in a very precise manner. And this is what he says. He says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with them. That's what he did. What did Jesus do? He went around doing good, healing people. That's what he did. So what is our call as a follower of Christ? Well, if we're to follow the model of Jesus, number one, friends, then we need to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. If Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and with power, then that should be your number one, your number one uh, goal as a, as a Christ follower is to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. Why? Because out of that will flow everything else in your life. The fruit of the Spirit, a victorious life, the, spirit, the, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, that, that is your plug. That, that is your power source. That's what caused you to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I'm telling you, friends, if you don't seek for the fruit, but you seek for the one that plants the fruit, then, friends, you'll get the fruit. Then, friends, number two, as a follower of Christ, we've got to do good. Well, what's good? It's everything that's opposite of bad. (laughs) Everything that's opposite of evil. When you was a little kid, five years old, you knew what bad was. And you can be 35, 45, 25. You should know what right and wrong is. Okay? Obviously, cheating somebody out of some money is not good. Lying to somebody isn't good. Knocking somebody's block off isn't good. Right? Disrespecting people. Telling somebody else on Facebook because, you know, they need to know about themselves. I'm going to just tell them, I'm going to text them, mm. get them, 
they're going to know how I feel. Huh. Friends, this is what Jesus did. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. He did good. And I'm not saying that's easy. It's not easy to do good. You can't do it apart from the Holy Spirit. Scripture says that, that not, not one is good, not even one. We can't be good apart from ourselves. But by the power of the Spirit, then yeah, you can serve. You, can do, you want to do some good? Man, there's a lot of good stuff that's happening around this church. You can get plugged in. You can get plugged in to help and, and serve down in Vision Kitchen. I mean, we, the summer's coming up. We're going to be doing all kinds of summer programs. I mean, I mean, if you want to serve and do some good, there's lots of stuff you can do. And it makes you feel good when you actually are doing something for somebody else instead of just for yourself. I mean, it just, I mean, everybody, anytime like we ever go and do street, street witnessing or we go out on the streets, everybody feels amped up and excited. Why? They got to pray with somebody. They handed out a card, invited them to church. That's all they did. But there's something inside of you that came alive because we're called to do good. We're called to serve. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. We are to model that and what? And serve as well. And then three, number, th then number three, and this is, this is probably a little bit harder. You got to be a little bit more mature in your walk with Christ for this third part to happen. is because God has called you to bring healing where the devil has brought destruction. Now, if you're a if you just, if you're a new in this faith, if you, you know, if you just, you know, started coming to church for the first time, or, or you you know, are, are exploring this journey, I would not recommend you going off and start tackling devils right away. Get a little bit of training. Get a little bit of prayer under your belt. Get a little, under, uh, understand faith, understand spiritual warfare. And then, you know what, and then if you understand these things, if you can walk in the authority that God has for you, then you can go and do it. Jesus showed the disciples how to do it, and then they did it. And what is that? How do you bring healing where the devil's brought destruction? All that's doing is you, is you are going into the places where the devil's footprints are and you're bringing the power of Jesus. John chapter 10, verse 10 says this. He says, the thief comes, talking about Satan, the devil. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's coming to destroy. That's why families and marriages are a wreck. That's why lives are, are being destroyed. That's why, that's why addiction is so rampant. That's why uh, venereal disease is, is, I mean, uh, Lucas County is just so high. I mean, that's why all these things, because the devil's come to kill, steal, and destroy. But that's not the end of the verse, friends. The end of the verse says, but Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Another translation would say, and have life and have it more abundantly. There is an abundant life that God has for those who are followers of Christ. Yes, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to wreck marriages and families and destroy relationships. Downward spiral, people committing suicide and killing themselves. But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. To break strongholds, to fix brokenness, to mend wounds, to break oppression, to smash addiction, to, to, to do these type of things. He's called you to carry that. But you can't carry it if you don't know it. And you can't know it unless somebody teaches it to you. And you can't learn unless you go to church. Yeah. And you can't go to church unless you, somebody invited you. Well. And so it's our job to invite people to Christ. I mean, that's, that's like the easiest way to witness. You know that? You know the easiest way to witness your faith is just invite somebody to church? You know Scripture says, or not Scripture, but statistics say that, uh, that one out of four people, if you invite them, they'll come. I mean, it's so easy. Sometimes we just need to see a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Do you know that? Who in here can honestly say 
be honest. I mean, you, if you don't want to raise your hand, you don't have to. Who in here can honestly say that the enemy attacks them with depression, depression? Would you raise your hand? So, okay. Okay. Okay, there's tons of hands in here. Tons of hands. So, so the enemy attacks you with depression, meaning, man, there's times where you just like, emotionally you're exhausted and drained. You don't want to be around anybody. It's just, right? Is that, is that not explaining it? Okay. Is that of the Lord? Absolutely. What would we call that? Okay, that's, a, that, that's an attack of the enemy, absolutely. Okay? If Jesus came to give life and that more abundantly, Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy, what? He came to steal your joy, right? So uh, do, do me a favor here. Uh, again, if you, if you would say that, that the enemy attacks you with depression and, and you're in a season, because usually uh, depression is something, it's psych, it cycles, you know, you'll be in it and then you won't be. And you can honestly say, and if you don't want to, don't, you don't have to. But you can honestly say, that you're in the cycle where you're being attacked with depression right now. Would you raise your hand? Okay, we got one, two, three, four, five, six. We got some hands in here. We got a hand back there, hand over here. Okay. Who believes in the power of Jesus? Okay, let me, let me, let me share one verse with you, and then we're going to do this. First John chapter 3, verse 8. Understand this. Here we go, because this, this is what he says. It says, the one who practices sin is of the devil, but the, uh, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. That's not the part of the verse that I want to highlight, even though that'll preach itself. It says this right here. The Son of Man appeared for this purpose. He came for this. To destroy the works of the devil. Raise your hand. Okay, we're, okay, we're just going to do this. If you, if you would say, if you, don't, if you sit down, that's fine. You, but, I, but I just want to, we're going to do this. We're going to tackle this because sometimes we just need a demonstration of, of the Spirit. If you, if you raise your hand and you said, I deal with depression, I'm dealing with it right now, would you stand up? I'm sorry, I don't mean to put you on blast, but would you just do this for me? We got a lady, okay, okay. Okay, now, now we're just going to do this. I, I, I'm just like stepping outside my own comfort zone. I hate doing this. But I believe with all my heart that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And so if the enemy is attacking you today with depression, I believe you don't have to leave with that. Would we do this on some of our pastors? Can, can we go, can we surround some of these people? If you're on our, on our prayer team, some of our prayer warriors, if, they, if, these, if these people have courageously stood up, courageously stood up, would you come and stand alongside them? I just want to say this. Thank you for being honest. Because the scripture says, it says that if you confess your sins one to another and pray for one another, it says you'll be healed. I believe the Lord wants to bring healing today. If you can begin to just start praying for the people, the person that you're standing next to, and 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 uh, the rest of us uh, believers, would you just do me a favor? Would you just uh, come to a place of prayer right now with me and join with me as, as we were just praying for some of these people? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we take authority over every, every attack of depression. By the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, we command any kind of yoke to break right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you right now, God, for, for Father, eliminating right now depression. Thank you that you came to give life and that more abundantly. So we decree and we declare 
freedom to you right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Friends, just receive this. I'm blessing you right now. The saints that are with you are agreeing with you right now. In the name of Jesus, break depression now in Jesus' name. Clinical depression, I take authority over you by the, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and I command you to flee right now in Jesus' name. Emotional depression, break right now. Some of you guys right now, I, I sense you right now, you're, you're feeling kind of just that thing lift, and that's what you're going to feel. You're going to feel that thing lift off of you because God doesn't want you to walk in that. In the name of Jesus, freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. Come on, you are his son, you are his daughter. Freedom in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, freedom. Freedom, Lord. Friends, if you're a first-time guest or you're un unfamiliar with this stuff, friends, this is what church is. Church is a bunch of people that have problems, that love Jesus together and do life together. <laughs> it's not people that got it all together. Yes, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Jesus came to bring healing to all who are under the power of the devil because God was with them. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Freedom. Freedom. Yep, you don't have to walk in it anymore. You don't have to walk in it any, any longer. That's right. You do not have to walk in that. You don't have to receive it. Some of you, your family has dealt with it. So you're like, well, this is just something my family deals with. No, in the name of Jesus, broken in Jesus' name. I break generational curses of, of depression. Now in the name of Jesus. Now in the name of Jesus. Freedom. Yep. Freedom. Freedom. You just, you just, you know, my, your mama was crazy. You're crazy. No, no, no. We rebuke. Those are lies of the devil. Lies of the enemy. Freedom. Freedom. striving let's keep going let's you don't have to work for it who um who would say that they have they have some addictions that the, the enemy is I mean they've, they've been struggling with for a while and they just they just can't get over I mean again if you want to be honest you can raise your hand if you don't you know that's cool but you can honestly say man I've got some struggles there's some addictions in my life and, I, and I, I really want freedom. Would you slip your hand up? We got some hands. Awesome. Do me a favor. Would you stand up? If you put your hand up, would you stand up? 
I know this is like a backwards altar call. Instead of calling people up, we're coming out to you. That's cool. We have some more passive. Um, some of some of the people that just stood up for addictions, strongholds. We got some people over here. If some of our pastors. Come on, it's time to lay hands on. Come on. Set free from addictions. Come on. Don't be scared. We got this gentleman right here. We got these, these people over here. We have some of our pastors. Lisa, if you want to pray, you know you can do it. You know you got it. Jackie, you know you can pray. You want to pray for people? The scripture says, to him who the Son sets free is free indeed. By the grace of God, I've been set free from drugs and alcohol for 18 years. It's been the best 18 years of my life. The Lord can do it and he wants to do it. He wants to do it. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just agree with everyone right now that's believing God for addictions to break in their life. God, whether it's a chemical or a substance abuse, God, whether it's an, an emotional addiction, God, whether it's God, something that they look at that they shouldn't look at, God, whether it's something that's sexual, God, whether it's something that, uh, God, where uh, maybe gambling or something where, where, man, they just, whatever this, whatever this thing might be, Lord, we just address it right now by the authority of Christ Jesus, and we command it to break in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Alcoholism broken in the name of Jesus. Years of alcohol addiction broken right now in the name of Jesus. Meth and crack and coke, that addiction broken by the power of the blood of Jesus. There's somebody in here that has a, they have an addiction to pills. The Lord is calling that out because he wants you to be set free, that you would be dependent on him and not on those things. So we just command that to break right now in the name of Jesus. There's a, there's a person in here that has a hidden addiction to pills, and they didn't stand up. I'm not trying to put you on blast. The Holy Spirit just, just highlighted that. God wants to set you free right now in Jesus' name. Just receive it. If you know that's you, just receive that right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you, would you come in this place? Would you fill this place? <laughs> Thank you, God. Now we'll just do it. We'll do a blanket. Who in here wants to receive more of God? Man, you just know you, you know you need the Holy Spirit in your life. Stand on your feet with me, if you will. <laughs> That's right.
Paul said, my, my, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And it's not, it's not about a person. It's not about me. It's not about any pastor in here. It's about the Lord Jesus. It really is. And if you're in here today, you've already, you've already made the first step in, in making a commitment and a, and, a, and a walk relationship with Him. Maybe again, you just come in here to, again to solidify that relationship with Him. I know this. I know whether you've been walking with, with God for 25 minutes or you've been walking with Him for 25 years. Everybody gets tired. Everybody gets exhausted. Everybody gets, 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 uh, 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 gets beat up from time to time. And I just believe that the, that the Lord just wants to just, the scripture says in, in the book of Acts, it says times of refreshing will come upon you. Times, meaning there's times when we're going to be exhausted and he wants to fill you up. So let's just, if you, if you need a touch from God, you don't need a person touching you. He wants to touch you. Just do this with me. Close your eyes if you can. And just say, Lord, I need you. I need to be filled with your Holy Spirit. Wow, 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 wow. Yes, God, yes, God, yes. Yes, God, yeah, yeah. See, he's here. He's here. He's here. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Refreshing right now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Come on, give that anxiety over to him. Give it over. Give it over. Give it over. Yeah. Come on, give that marriage, give that, give that broken marriage over to him right here. Right here, right now. Come on. Come on, give your, give your doubt and your unbelief over to him right now. Come on, give that anger and rage over to him right now. Give that pride and that arrogance and that, and that, that religious thinking. Give all that to him right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. The devil doesn't like that one. He likes people all religious and bound up in religion. Yep, that, come on, criticism. Comparing yourself to other people. You find yourself on, on Facebook, you're looking at everybody's highlight reel while you're looking at your own low light reel. This isn't a comparison thing. It isn't keeping up with the Joneses. God has specifically, intricately, wonderfully made you exactly as he wanted you to be. <laughs> Truth, right now. Truth. Receive truth. Receive truth. The truth of who he is. And the truth of who he's made you to be. I mean, I just felt this whole place, just kind of, the whole atmosphere of this place kind of shift and change. When people just open their hearts to say, God, yeah, I need you. I want you. So, Lord, I just bless every person in this place that has a heart of receptancy. And, God, and even those in here today, God, that, God, they just, man, they feel kind of squirmish in here because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Thank you that, Lord, it's all good. God, you love us right where we're at. God, you called us out of the crack houses. Come on.
You, call, you called us out of our own logic and our own thinking and our, and our, own, our, own, our own minds. You called us out of our own pride. You've called us out of our own mess. And you've called us into your own. So, Lord, I just bless right now. God, I just thank you. God, I just thank you for how good you are. I thank you that you love your sons and your daughters, and that's who they are. Children of God, men and women who aren't perfect, God, we're just, we just want to love you. We just want to serve you. God, we want you to be invested and involved in every area of our life. And, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for strengthening every endeavor that's put in front of every person in Jesus' name. Give them courage. Give them courage. Courage to face every challenge. Courage to step up and, and, to, and to share the, the, the faith, the, the gospel of Jesus. Courage to make right decisions. To stand against the crowd at times when, God, when those around them are all going down the wrong direction. Courage to say, I can't do that. Now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just bless them. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May the Lord give his, uh, turn his face towards you, and may he give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Friends, God bless you. Thank you for joining us here at Vision. We love you. God, has, God is doing some awesome things. If you're a first or second time guest, make sure you greet Pastor, Pastor Earl in the back. Friends, if you would like for, for one of our pastors to pray with you about something specifically, we would love to do that. If not, friends, thanks for joining with us. Have a blessed rest of your week. Take care. So we